I don't like to do anything that doesn't make me money. That's the simple rule of thumb for Jimmy Finkelstein, chairman of The Hill, a politics-focused media brand that's firmly in the black. I'm Brian Marcy, and this is the Digiday Podcast. On this week's episode, I speak to Jimmy about how The Hill has kept its ad-supported revenue model and has not yet made the pivot to paid, and also the impact that President Trump has had on The Hill and much more. Hope you enjoy the episode. Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. I'm delighted to be here. Okay, so we're doing this from uh, the Hill headquarters here in in Midtown. Well, I guess it's not your headquarters. Headquarters in Washington, right? That's correct. Okay, so the Hill, we're coming off 2018. We we, we saw Mashable go down. We saw little things upward. I, I don't even remember at this point. And a lot of you know big established players going down. Did you guys have a good year? You, you're making money. You're growing. We had our best year. Uh, we were up in revenue in the second half of the year by 75%. We were up in traffic as we have been for every year. Most years we're up 100%. Last year we were up about uh, 20%. This year we expect to be up more. So we're up in profits, we're up in revenues, we're up in traffic. I think uh, you know every, every media product has its reasons and, and, and for, for being successful and not being successful. So it's hard to talk about other other products and why they're down and why others are up. Okay, so let's talk about then why you're up. Obviously, The Hill focused on political news. Um, there's a lot going on right now in politics in Washington. Um, there's a lot of interest in it beyond just the regular, um, you know, the, the sort of legacy Hill uh, readers uh, who are in the business of, of politics. Um, explain why exactly it's up. Well, I think one of the reasons is that we're one of the few products in the market that is nonpartisan. That has enormous benefits to us. We are a very safe and good place to advertise, for one thing. Number two, being nonpartisan gives us a tremendous advantage in gaining traffic because we are probably as far right as the left wants to go and as far left as the right wants to go. So at the end of the day, uh, that helps us basically uh, um, in traffic because people want to share our information mm-hmm. and when see you say, our information. When you say you're nonpartisan, there's a lot of your competitors who, um, at least they, they say they're nonpartisan. I mean, the New York Times is nonpartisan, yes? Well, I don't think you could actually say this in this administration. The former editor of the New York Times uh, dis- disagreed. I'm not going to comment on the Times, a great publication, but it certainly uh, seems to be uh, with an anti-Trump bias. Okay. Um, a lot of advertisers want have decided that, that Trump is not brand safe, but you're not seeing that advertisers um, are saying, keep me away from this uh, this stuff. Because, I mean... We've heard it from from media buyers like repeatedly that a lot of clients are just saying, "Look, when people are reading Trump news, they are not necessarily in. They're engaged, but they're engaged in not in the right mindset for a commercial message." Well, the point is, we don't give Trump news or Pelosi news or Schumer news. We give news, and the fact of the matter is, we give it fairly, and we look at every story. Was this fair? Did we do it correctly? Uh, you know, I remember at the very beginning, uh, there there was a, a tendency to be um, anti-Trump in our own publication, and we looked at things people would call him at the very you know the first month they'd call him real estate mogul. 
I said, you know, we said, the editor said, he's not a real estate mogul, he's President Trump. The point is, whether it's Trump or Nancy Pelosi or Schumer, we treat them fairly, we present the news as news. And most people who get covered in Washington know that. For mm -hmm. example, we started Hill TV uh, maybe six, seven months ago. We've had on Hill TV... This is the, 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 the video channel. Yeah, the video channel of the Hill. But we've had on Hill TV the president, we've had Nancy Pelosi, we've had Sanders, we had Sessions when he was in the cabinet, we've had the mm -hmm. Secretary of the Treasury, we've had people on both sides. And I've had people from the networks call me, how do you get all these people? Well, I think we get them because people feel that we, we treat mm -hmm. them fairly. So it sounds like I know I'm not going to I'm not going to get you to criticize your competitors. But I think implicit in this is, you know, you're saying that many of your competitors are taking the approach that this is a unique period of time and they're becoming oppositional. I think you're right, but I'm not going to criticize my competitors <laughs> because my competitors are very good as a rule. Even those people who I disagree with the way they're covering things, they've, they've gone, they've done tremendous jobs in their own way. All I'm saying is that we have our, our mission is to be nonpartisan. Mm -hmm. And uh, we go, we, so for example, we have a opinion section of the Hill of which we publish during the week 30 to 40 opinions a day. We make a list of those to the left and those we think are to the right, and we try to balance them over the course of a week. Okay, so I mean, that's one way to, to do it. Um, one of the things that I think is going on right now um, within your area is like, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of competition there. You got Politico, Axios is, is taking off, the New York Times is, is beefing up its, um, its Washington operations, Jeff Bezos is pouring lots of resources into into the post um, how do you see do you see this as continuing I mean we're in a unique period right now where there is a lot of attention right now on our government I mean and a lot of people are thinking that at some point we'll go back to um, we'll go back to normal where like this is not like a reality TV show that everyone tunes in at like you know repeatedly well, strangely enough if you went back to the year before last, and I think we grew almost 100% in traffic that year. It was an election year. It wasn't. My point is exactly the opposite, though. The biggest area of growth was in our policy areas. Okay. So we cover where we cover finance, cybersecurity, uh, and regulation, mm -hmm. and so on. So that even in a year um, where of great political uh, advantage, we actually went up most in policy coverage. So it's a little bit different uh, the way we cover things and mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, we cover, of course, we cover politics. Yes. That's our, our well, main We have a thing. hybrid model. I think that's the interesting, let's talk about the hybrid model because it, I, I remember I, my first job uh, out of college was, was in Washington, D.C. I lived in Washington, D.C. for two unhappy years. Where'd you work? And I worked at this speech writing firm. I was like a researcher. It was terrible. Were you and, any and good? I, uh, I mean, I wasn't, I don't know if I was bad, like, but I was only like 25 or something like that. Um, and uh, anyway, like there, I remember the Hill. This was like late 90s. Like I remember the Hill and, and Roll Call. And these were, you know, very small circulation 
um, I think at the time, uh, publications that were read by like, you know, uh, um, Hill staffers, obviously, right? Well, I think, you know, the, I think the difference is today our coverage in Washington, just because it, Washington is relatively small compared to the rest of the country, is yeah. probably 15% of our uh, online circulation. Right, that's what I mean. Today we reach 13% of the digital audience of the United States. Right. But that's the hybrid model, right? I mean, you still have a B2B model um, on the business side and that you still are able to attract the the sort of the Exxon advertising that wants to influence um, people who work on, on the Hill. Um, but because politics is broader, you get the people who are, you know, both just interested in, in government. Well, we look at we look at them as the influencers. Right. So you have the people who are influenced, and then you have the influencers. Right. Um, and I think another reason, just to go back to a question that you previously answered, a lot of sites have not done well because they relied too much on one source of traffic or another source. So they relied on Facebook, who might have changed the way they did something, and everybody's very critical. It's they have every right to change the way they do business. Right. The fact is, we don't rely on any one source. So essentially, we're very careful to uh, rely on everything, whether it's Facebook, Google, Twitter. On Twitter, for example, Twitter just tweeted out their largest news, um, their largest news um, um, people on the Twitter platform. And the Hill was number three. Right. That includes all news sources, not just political news sources. So we don't have the advantage of covering uh, Hollywood or sports. So just covering politics, we the only two we were um, behind, well, ahead of us, was the uh, Fox and uh, CNN. And we were third. And we, were, we had more uh, people on our, uh, who shared our Twitter and on the Twitter platform than the New York Times and Washington Post combined. Mm -hmm. I want to take a quick break here. Since you are obviously a podcast listener, you might want to come check out a live podcast recording we are doing at the Vox Media Headquarters in New York City on February 7th. I will be interviewing Melissa Bell, the publisher of Vox Media and the founder of Vox.com. We are going to have networking and refreshments starting at 5.30 p.m., and the podcast recording begins at 6.15 p.m. That is on February 7th. If you would like to come, we have a few passes set aside for Digiday podcast listeners. Just email our producer, Aditi Songle. That is aditi at digiday.com. That is A-D-I-T-I. And she will answer any questions that you may have. Uh, hope to see you there. Now back to the episode. But now making money off that audience, right? I mean, a lot of people are down on being dependent on advertising, they're, they're calling it now. Um, and there's there's a big move towards subscriptions that is, in many cases, is being driven by weaknesses in advertising businesses. Um, you're mostly making this work on advertising. Yes. We... Um we were actually going into the subscription area, and I think it's very smart for people who do it. Uh, I think you should have a hybrid, mm -hmm. and we will go back to that area. But we decided that we wanted to be first in high-end video because nobody else was in it. So we, we uh, went in that direction. The advantage of the high-end video is not so much that it makes a fortune yet, although we plan to make money next year. 
uh, is that it gives a tremendous halo effect to the rest of the uh, site. So as I mentioned, you know, we've interviewed everybody in the last six months from Trump to Pelosi to uh, uh, Sanders uh, to, you know, the Secretary of the Treasury. I can go on and on and on. And uh, we've broken a huge amount of news and simultaneously it separates us from the crowd. Mm-hmm. So that is able to 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 drive the advertising deals larger. Yes, and it does, because people really, I think, respect the effort that's being made and differentiates us to some extent. Listen, I'm not criticizing. We have a lot of very fine competitors. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, the Times is great. The Washington Post is great. You know, Politico, and uh, these are all very fine publications. So I'm not saying that uh, that they're not. We just everybody has a different economic model. Our economic model is down the middle, is uh, high is high end video, and is increased constant increase of traffic, and that's where we're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about that because um, you look at Politico's model, and and over half of it is it comes from this like high end subscription product that's that's really geared for lobbyists and and uh, and people in the business of government. I would imagine that's a very attractive segment to go after. I think it is, and I think they've done a wonderful job. And I think uh, you know next year uh, when we take it seriously and go into it, we'll compete with them. They'll have an advantage of being a first mover. Mm-hmm. But we'll find a way to differentiate ourselves and to, to be better in certain ways than they do. That won't mean that yeah. they'll get less. We just want to be in the field. Got to either be better or cheaper, ideally both. Or different. Yeah. So, I mean, but the, you're looking at more of the core, you know, business rather than like taking, taking you know, some of your regular news content and putting it behind a paywall. That will never do. Uh, Explain the, why it won't do. Just, because just we're doing much. tremendously well not doing it. Okay, so you can, so, make, you know, can make money off of an you, ad, a pure ad support Look, model. I think basically people have made mistakes by leaping one way or another. So they went all of a sudden from having a successful site to going all video. Mm-hmm. And the only people who make a lot of money in video when they did it is the people who make the cameras. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, what you have to do things is additive yeah. as opposed to, you know, uh, change. We, we're not going to change our model, which is growing tremendously. So we're growing in every area, revenue, traffic, and so on. It would be crazy to change that. But we want to continue to add. Uh, we're, add we're adding another um, uh, TV show or video show on, um, in the middle of this year. That'll be our third and we will be adding, uh, so that'll be uh, all morning through the noon, we will have three different shows. And then I'm sure the following year, we'll start adding our, uh, evening, our evening shows. I remember at one of our events, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of, you mentioned, I think you said something that really stuck with me. You said, I don't like to do anything that doesn't make money. That's correct. <laughs> That's an accurate statement, right? My, my father looking down from me would say, I have no son. <laughs> and I, th- Which sounds like it's very, it's, it's, it's um, you know, this is very basic, but I think a lot of people in publishing lost sight of this, particularly with a lot of the venture capital money sloshing around and, and dreams about platforms or even, even video. Explain how you balance that sort of, you know, bottom line focus with the upfront investment and the unknowns needed 
to really go into video because video is something that requires you to lose money before you can really before you can make money. Well, we invest in people first of all. That's the best investment you can have. And so, you know, our vi- our digital team, I think, is as good as any. I think our av- our, our president uh, Richard Beckman, who ran Condé Nast in the heyday, mm-hmm. and was head of revenue advice, is, is uh, the best. Uh, we have a great publisher. I think we have uh, our social team is fantastic. Uh, was originally led by Nietzsche and Zimmerman, who moved to to California, who remains a great friend of mine, but who was the best in the business, and we now have replaced that team, uh, you know, the, him with a, uh, a fa- fantastic new team. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's the investment that people have to think. So. Uh, you know, the real question is, so what platforms are we going to do? We are tremendously large on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we're now going to heavily, uh, uh, this year, we'll be he- on YouTube. We will be going Instagram and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So we constantly, and, you know, we're also very large on Google. So, you know, you constantly want to... But you're to, balancing that out. You're not... You're balancing like- out, and the investment is always in the best people, because if you... If you have the best people and you pay for the best people, um, you know, they can teach you. But video itself, I mean, you're, is, is not profitable on its own. I mean, it's, it's, it's part well, the of... The third show will make us profitable. Okay. Because we have a, you know, a core base, which, you know, has a, uh, you know, 30 people. And to cover that base, you need a third show. And we started, uh, we, our first show covers the news and we, it's, even that's balanced because we have... Uh, 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 Crystal Ball, who is on the left, and she's uh, paired with Buck Sexton, who's on the right, but they don't throw bricks at each other. They discuss issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not like very much, It's very much the Hills, uh, the Hills way of doing things, and they interview people, and they interview from different perspectives, but it's not a brick-showing sh- uh, show. It's a show that really wants to get to the truth. Our second show that we have is uh, on what America thinks, which basically examine, we have a poll a week that we take ourselves, but we examine other polls and what America thinks. It's a very interesting show. And our third show will be a cooler version of our first show. Mm-hmm. Um, so has Trump been really good for business? It's Outside very, of the macroeconomic climate, which has gone on well. But I I'm think just he's been very good for business for others. I think he's been fine for us. Most people hit a high in their traffic with the presidential election, the last presidential election, and then I don't, and I, uh, then they went down for a period of a year. We went up every month, so uh, we try to balance it not just with with, with election stuff, with Trump stuff, with uh, but we also do policy stuff. So Does that get drowned out though? Sometimes. <laughs> Has Mueller been good for business? Look, all of it, you know, all of it, uh, you know, I don't know, Mueller himself or Trump himself aren't good for business. We find ways basically to constantly increase traffic. So if you went back three years ago, we had, you know, a couple of million uniques. Now we have, you know, 32 million uniques, and that excludes what's on Facebook and other, other platforms. Mm-hmm. So that's enough scale for you to go out and close these large advertising deals. Absolutely. And we are also, you know, our TV, uh, Hill TV, 
has gotten up to during the uh, some of the shows has gotten up to a million views. That's as large as m- much larger than most cable shows, <laughs> except for the very biggest. So uh, it's not like uh, we're not uh, uh, capturing people's attention in video as well. Right, and and the the audience growth was not hurt by the changes that Facebook made to its algorithm. No, or? we ha- we were, but we're diversified. Yeah. So. You know, as I said, I think the people were really hurt through all their eggs in one basket. Uh, you know, so it, let's assume that, and I, I don't know the statistic, but if we went down 25% in, in Facebook, we went up. You know, as I said, Twitter, we were the sixth largest two years ago. We're now the third largest. Every other one of those companies on that list are billion-dollar companies. Right. And have huge resources. Right. So spending all this time like building a sustainable media business, what is what's one thing, this is the final thing, is what is one thing you think people get wrong about about the media business? I mean as a business, not just, you know, media in general. I think people don't really have a plan. They don't think what's right for them. Our model is bipartisanship. Others are, others basically have a different plan. Doesn't mean it's wrong, but they mm-hmm. have a plan. Right. So you know, we, um, you can't, if you took, um, you know, I used to uh, uh, be chairman of the Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. We had a plan. So we took a publica- publication in the Hollywood Reporter that was, you know, weekly, that was old-fashioned, and we made it monthly, and we put huge resources on the web, and we beefed up the editorial side, and we made it glamorous. So we basically reported what everybody else reported, but it was done with with glamour. We hired Janice Min, who was the uh, tremendous editor, um, and uh, you know we had a plan for that. Right. Every publication's different, and uh, you know uh, I remember I used to own all the legal publications in the United States, and I said you know one of our competitors was very glossy. Our idea was not glossy. Our idea was to have short stories that people could read, not 12 pages that people, you know, that were books. That didn't make theirs wrong. It just made ours, you know, unique, and we found that people Mm -hmm. liked that. So every publication has to have a plan and has to be well thought out. Mm -hmm. So that's like, you know, basically think about strategy, not the tactics. I think we're coming out of an era where, and a lot of these these publications have, have hit a wall or gone down, where they seemingly were built on a series of tactics, not necessarily a strategy or a plan, like you said. Our budget is calling for a, you know, almost, you know, almost 50% increase in revenue this coming year. I am sure we'll, we'll do much better than that. Uh, we've already... You and know, making money, like good profit margins. What did I tell you at that conference? Would you repeat that? <laughs> I, don't, I believe it was, I don't like to do anything. I think it is, I don't do anything that doesn't make me money. Look, it's not... You, you, you have to... First of all, you're not going to enjoy yourself. You can't expand. There's a, you really have to think... I've made mistakes like everybody else. I started uh, when I was much younger... A, um, a one of the first commerce sites, I uh, I dropped it too early, uh, but the fact the fact is that uh, there in those days I spent too much on regular advertising when really the advertising you should have spent was on the web because mm-hmm. I didn't know better. At the end of the day, you know, at this point I'm old enough that I know a lot more, uh, 
Right. So I know what's working and I push what's working. Okay. Jimmy, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's all for this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. Our producer is Aditi Sangal. And in this episode, shout out, I want to thank Jared Grimm, who tweeted, binging on the Digiday podcast this week. Come for the topic. Stay for at BMRC's soothing voice. Jared, you are too kind. Please take a moment and leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast. This helps our podcast be discovered. If you have more feedback along the lines of Jared's lovely feedback, please write me. Uh, I am brian at digiday.com or tweet me. I am at BMRSE. Thank you again for listening. We will be back next week with a new episode.